This is HPR episode 2878 entitled, Type Classes in Haskell, and is part of the series, Haskell, it is hosted by 2Qtoroto, and is about 19 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, Tutorto explains what type classes are, and how to use them. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to Archive.org forward slash donate. Radio and this is Tuturto. This episode is about type classes in Haskell. I feel like I'm doing these episodes in a bit of a wrong order, but I guess it's better late than never. Uh, so the type classes are the Haskell's way of doing ad hoc polymorphism or overloading. So you can define a set of functions that can operate on a more than one specific type of data. For example, uh, Equality is one of one of these things that is done with the type classes. In Haskell, there is no default equality. It has to be or it always has to be defined. In some other languages, the equality is defined by default as a uh, comparison of the memory location. So, if you are comparing two pieces of data and they are in the same location of the memory, so they are actually the identical, then then it's the equal. And in those languages, you can, of course, define your own equals operator or equality operator that uh, actually looks into the data in, instead of just comparing the location of the data. But not in the Haskell. In the Haskell, you have to, there's no default equality. It has to be defined, and it's never about the memory location. So there's uh, two parts in this piece. Uh, the first in, is the type class definition, which defines the common interface. It defines what operations are available to any data that has instance of this type class. And then it defines, and another part is the actual instance definition, which defines the implementation for that, for that template or interface. And that's for a specific type of data. So basically, the type class has a type class definition is generic. It usually has a slot or empty space where the data goes, and the actual definition puts your own data in that specific slot. So, for example, the equality, the Type class definition is written as class equal a where equals operator is type of a to a to bool and not equals operator is type of a to a to bool. And then there's the standard definition x not equals y is not 
x equals to y. So there's a in the equal type class, there's two operators, equals and not equals. Both of those take two type two uh, two pieces of data of the same type and return bool indicating if these are same or not the same. And then there's the default definition for the not equals, which is just a inverse of the equals. It is written as a not x equals y. So it uses the equality comparison and just inverts the, inverts the result. And the important part, well, all of this is important, I guess, but the interesting part here is that it's a, that it starts with a class, EQ. EQ is the name of the type class, A, where. And A is a lowercase, it's a type parameter. And that A is used in the operators. For example, the equals operator is type of A to A to bool. So whatever you are, whatever, um, where, whatever you are making instance of this, the, that type is the A. And that A is used in that equality comparison. It's a bit, it probably sounds a bit confusing with my explanation, but if you have a look at the show notes, it's probably clearer. So you can read this, this definition as a class equal A that has two functions with following signatures and implementation. In other words, given two A, this function determines are they equal or not. That, that's the pool return type. Not equal is defined in terms of equal, so it's enough to define one, and you get another one for free. But you can totally still define both of them if you if you are so inclined. If you can, if you have some clever way of, of optimizing the not equal uh, operator, for example. So um, let's continue with our example. We could have our own data type called size, which is which is just an enumeration. So it's a data size equals small, pipe, medium, pipe, large. So our size can have three values: small, medium, and large. And to define instance of the equal for this, we just write instance equal size where. So now we are putting size in place of a, and then we have to write write uh, equal operator. And I'm going to write it in a in a sort of a case case by case. So small equals small is true. Medium equals medium is true. Large equals large is true. And then underscore equals underscore is false. So what I'm saying here is that if given two small ones, small values, it's a, this will return as a true equality comparison. Same when you're given two medium or two large. And in every other case, we are going to return false. And the not equal operator, we are not defining, we are using the standard definition that uses the, the inverse of the equality. So, with this definition, it's now we could compare sizes. We could write small equals small, and we could get true 
or large not equals large and get false. Of course, writing these things by hand can be a bit tedious and you know, you feel like you are repeating yourself. So Haskell can, Haskell can derive this for us. So we can have the same data definition, just data says equals small, pipe, medium, pipe, large, deriving, show, read, ego. Show and read are other type classes, so is used to turn the, our data type into the string, and read is used to turn the string into our data type. And eq is the one what we, are, what we define by manually here, but we can tell the Haskell to derive eq for us. It can derive that in quite many occasions. You can have pretty complex data, and Haskell can still do that. There are some limitations there, and that I'm not going to explore right now, because I probably will remember all of them. But in simple case like this, we don't have to define anything. We can just tell Haskell to derive it, and it, it will write it correctly for us. Uh, there can, of course, be a hierarchy between the type classes. That obviously is probably a wrong word to use here, but there can be a hierarchy between type classes. For example, there's a, a type class ORD that is used to compare the ordering of items. And that is written as a class EQA, SAT arrow, ORD A, where, and then the list of definitions. So, this is read as a class ORD A, where A has instance of EQ with file of functions as follows. And uh, there's a pile of functions. There's a compare, that is A to A to ordering. Then there's a uh, less than, A to A to bool. Greater, greater or equal than, A to A to bool. Greater than, A to A to bool. Less than or equal, A to A to bool. Max, A to A to A, mean A to A to A. So whenever you have a ord, in your code, something something that's an ORD instance, you can you have access to this, and you of course have and you have the access to the equal equality because ORD is built in term. You cannot define ordering without having the equality. So uh, and it's enough to implement either the compare or the less or equal. Rest, Haskell can def define the rest of the functions in terms of these two, one of these two. So, for example, our size, they, it would be instance ORD size, where small, less or equal to underscore is true, meaning small is always smaller or equal to everything. Medium, less than or equal to small, false, medium, less or equal to underscore true, meaning that small is, uh, meaning that medium is not smaller or equal than small, but for everything else it's either smaller or equal. And then large, e less than equal, large is true, large less than equal to underscore false, meaning that large is always less 
or equal to large, and it's not less or equal to anything else. And with that definition, we can compare our sizes. Uh, sorry, order them. We can say if, for example, medium is uh, greater or equal than small, would yield false for us. And there's lots and lots of type classes in the standard library. Uh, for example, num for numeric operations, integral for integer numbers, floating for floating numbers. Like you can have a, you can have, you can totally can have your own data type, and then you can define integral instance for that, and you get uh, numeric some numeric operations for integer numbers. There's a show that I mentioned already, turning data into strings and read for turning strings into the data. Enum is interesting. It's a, a for sequentially ordered types that can be enumerated. For example, enumerations, you can say. And bounded is for things with upper and lower, lower bound. For example, our size is pretty good candidate for having a both enum and bounded, because you can say which is the lower bound, that would be the small, and upper bound is large. All the values are in between these. And enum is for enumerating them. You can, for example, say, give me all the values from small to large, and then it will give small, medium, and large for you. Or you can even say that if you combine enum and bounded, you can say that give me all the values starting from the min, min bound, the lowest bound. And you don't have to specify the upper bound. And it will automatically start from the small and go to the, enumerate them in order to the largest. And if you later on add, in after, if, in, if you later on add in your, uh, data, a new value after the large, extra large, then it will automatically work in the other places of your program when you are asking all the values starting from the lower bound. It will produce you the small, medium, large, extra large without you having to change the code. That is pretty nifty. So you can write really generic code when you start using the type classes. Uh, I have a uh, convoluted made-up made example here called check that takes a, it has a type signature of check or a show a fat arrow a to a to string. So it takes anything that has instance for the ordering and showing. So you can so you can compare the ordering. I mean, you can compare the, yeah, you can compare the ordering, which one is bigger than which one, and you can turn the data into string. There's nothing, no, no other limitations here. And it's written as a check, AB is case compare AB of LT arrow show A uh, quotation is smaller than quotation show B. So, if the if you compare these two values that are given to the function and 
A is less than B, then it's going to produce a string where the A is smaller than B, and it's going to use the uh, show, show to turn A into the string. So if it's a number, it, that number will be turned into the string. If it's our size, then we are going to get a text that represents our data. And then there's a two more cases. GT arrow show A plus is greater than plus show B. So if the A is greater than B, we are going to get a string A is greater than B, where A and B are, are string representations of our data. And last one is EQ arrow show A plus and show B plus are equal. So what what this thing does? So it takes two parameters that are of same type. Both types have ORT and show instances. That's only thing we know about the data that comes in. ORT is for ordering, so it's turn show is for turning data into string. That is very useful displaying it. And it produces a string telling the result of comparison. So if we return to our size data, we can write up check medium small, and we are going to get a string medium is greater than small. If we write check small large, we are going to get a string small is smaller than large. We can write check 7, 3. These are indexes. 7 is greater than 3 as a string. We can even write check uh, square bracket 1, comma 2, square bracket, square bracket 1, comma 1, comma 1, square bracket. And we are going to get a string square bracket 1, comma 2, square bracket is greater than square bracket 1, comma 1, comma 1, square bracket. So it does a comparison of the, uh, what that was, it does a comparison to a list. And the comparison of the list works in a way that it compares the first element. And if they are same, it compares the next elements, and next element, and next element, until it finds the first one where the comparison is different than equality. And that is what defines that is a, which one of the lists is greater or yeah, greater. So our simple check function that does not know anything about the data that it can it handles except that they, they can be ordered and they can be turned into strings can handle very different types of data. Uh, and there's a very many extensions to, to the type classes to add more behavior. And they are somewhat more complicated to use and but they offer really interesting options. For example, it is possible to define a type class that takes two type parameters, A and B, for example. So you can have much more complex behavior, but that, that, that power comes with a cost because the code is more complex and you have to take into account things that you normally would have to take into account. Those are, but those are, I like sometimes just reading what kind of extensions they are, for example, for the type classes.
Uh, that's about what I have to say about these things now. I hope this clears up a lot of things that I have been talking about earlier. I really should have done this a bit earlier, but I didn't. I, originally, I didn't intend to teach that that much of Haskell stuff in the in the podcast series, but that's how it seemed to have turned. So, thanks for listening. Questions and comments and all kinds of feedback is always welcomed. The best way to catch me nowadays is either by the email or at the Fediverse, where I'm tutorial at master.social. Ad Astra. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.